Are you on? Am I Are you on? on? Yes, perfect, thank you. Okay, right, everyone back up on your feet. We're just gonna have a quick wiggle around and make sure you're paying attention. So hands in the air, jazz hands, side, down below, some high knees. Nice, okay, you can all sit down. <laughs> right, so good evening, everyone. I'm Amelie. Some of you might know me as Millie. Hi. Um, I'm really, really excited to be here this evening and share what I believe God has put on my heart for us all. Last week, um, we heard from Vanessa about the importance of the Bible and how God can reveal himself through his scripture. Um, and this week, I'll be exploring how through the process of discernment and tuning into the Lord's voice, we can understand him better. Now, in stark contrast to how I would usually define a word or make something you know, known to people, I'm gonna use Wikipedia to define my definition of discernment. If there are any academics or teachers in the room, please know I don't do this for my essays. This is just a one-time thing. Um, so what does the Wikipedia definition of discernment say to us? Discernment is the ability to perceive, understand, and judge things clearly, especially those that are not obvious or straightforward. Now, there are many ways in which someone can be discerning. For example, knowing your limits when it comes to alcohol, or making sure you eat the chicken that's in the fridge that you've been defrosting, rather than ordering takeout, which I do all the time. Not great for the bank account. But when it comes to discerning the voice of God, that's a much, much harder task, because he's big, he's huge, he has a you know, variety of ways in which he talks. And it requires trial and error, often, before we understand how he speaks to us in a personal manner. And the character of Samuel that we find in the Bible is a really good example of someone who gets it wrong, and it takes him quite a few times to figure out God's voice. And I wonder how many of us have that, have that experience where we think God's spoken to us, and then we get it wrong, and we try again, and we get it wrong, and some of us might give up altogether and say, oh, God just doesn't speak to me that way. Well, that might not be true. No matter how long we've been Christians, or for those who might not be, we might either think, okay, this idea of God talking, that seems quite alien or strange. Or for those of us who've been a Christian for quite a while can think, I think I know the voice of God quite well, but sometimes I'm not so sure. Anyway, back to Samuel. Who was he? 1 Samuel 1, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, sorry, outlines the anguish Hannah, Samuel's soon-to-be mum, had when she could not conceive a child. In her hopes for a boy, she prayed to God and said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you for all the days of your life. While she was praying, we find Eli, who appears in our story, and he's the high priest, and he says to her, hey, Hannah, God's heard your prayer, and he's gonna answer it, and he'll give you a child. Eli only knew that because he knew the voice of God. So, Samuel is then born, and his name means God has heard or the name of God. In our passage today, we're not entirely sure what age it is that he hears from God in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Some historians think he's around 12 years old. But why would God speak to Samuel? When he was under the care of Eli after his dedication to God, he likely was to come into contact with Eli's various ways of you know, being a priest and telling his people and his community how the Lord would, would talk. So we think he'd be quite a good candidate to know the voice of God. But that might not have put him at an advantage. Join with me in reading 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. 
The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Before we continue, let's just take a moment to pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are still a God who speaks today. And like Samuel, it might take us time to realize it is your voice and that we might get it wrong at times. But Lord, I thank you that that does not mean we are any less or unworthy of hearing your voice. And I pray today we all understand that you talk in the way you want and that it is not up to us how you do so. Amen. Have I gone off? No, I'm fine. So not only does Samuel mistake the Lord's voice for Eli three times, Eli has to tell him who is talking to him. So despite growing up in the tabernacle and being what, what I think would be a prime candidate for knowing God, Samuel doesn't at all. And he doesn't expect the Lord to speak to him, and he does not know his voice for himself. Does anyone remember the Yanni Laurel audio clip that went round a few years ago? I'm seeing some nods. Or the white and blue dress illusion? Okay, great. I'm going to play a quick audio illusion similar to that. Um, to demonstrate the struggle Samuel might have had in discerning God's voice from Eli. And you'll either hear the word brainstorm or green needle. So let's hear. Perfect, thank you guys. So hands up for brainstorm. Hands up for green needle. We had the same thing this morning. About two people in the morning heard Brainstorm and everyone else had Green Needle. Did anyone hear both? <laughs> Great. <laughs> nice. Okay, so. Depending what our ears are most tuned to and the frequencies we hear best affects the information we receive and then what we take in. So... For those of us who are Christians, we can assume that because we know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him, we then know how he talks to us. This isn't always the case, though. 
Samuel couldn't tell the difference between Eli from God, and it took him multiple attempts to get it right. Though we do see that this discernment process happens for Samuel overnight, for some of us it can take a much, much longer time. He learned how to discern the voice through trial and error. Whether or not you think you know God's voice for yourself, we all get it wrong, and we don't get it right. Eli was the high priest, and he couldn't realize at first what was happening. You see, our background does not equate immediate discernment of the voice of God in our lives, no matter how long or short we've been a Christian. We all take that same process of learning of how God speaks and recognizing then his voice. And this can happen through a personal encounter. And maybe some of you are here thinking, "Ah, easy for you to say, I've never had that encounter. God's never stood in my room. I've never known him. But that doesn't mean you won't have an encounter. I was about eight years old when I had my first Samuel moments. I was at a church camp in the back of the room, had my hands up in worship, really, really going for it as you do when you're little. And all of a sudden, revival just started breaking out across this tent. There were six-year-olds standing up and delivering words of knowledge. And there were children slightly older than me speaking in tongues. And I was amazed. You know, I'd watched The Prince of Egypt growing up as a kid, and I loved that film. And all of a sudden, I was seeing God move in a way that I'd never even imagined. And out of nowhere, I was just standing like this. And I heard this voice say directly into my ear, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. And I immediately thought, oh, God says that to Moses. And then I thought about it some more and I realized that was God's voice. And so I took off my shoes. And as soon as I did, I felt almost like a blanket had been thrown on me, just this overwhelming sense of peace and love And then what followed was an undeniable knowledge that the God I knew about was real and actually wanted to have a relationship with me. Since then, I have not heard an audible voice of God. I've mostly received words of knowledge from other people or have had words for other people, but nothing directly to me or for me. Just because I haven't had a second Samuel moment or haven't seen a physical manifestation of God doesn't mean the Lord isn't still trying to communicate to me. A few of us can expect to have that big eureka moment where Jesus walks into our room or we hear a thundering voice from heaven saying, I am God and you know, I know you. But we live in a world that's easily deceived and often these things don't hold up when we tell other people. However, we find that God speaks to us when we allow him to in the way that he wants and not in the way that we desire. Are we asking God to speak to us in a way that we think we will understand and that will be easily recognizable, like that of an audible voice in our ear? Or are we so focused on hearing God in one absolute form that we forget the variety of ways in which God can communicate? The truth is, we are not always at the center of God's communication. Samuel's first experience of God's revealed voice was not for him and his own life, but for Eli. 
Sometimes we assume that when we hear from God, it'll be for us and our lives. When in reality, it can be for someone else. And so when it doesn't match up with what we think of God in our life, we'd kick it to the side and we say, no, no, that wasn't for me, I've misheard. You see, God didn't say to Samuel, my good and faithful servant, do X, Y, and Z, and you know, I'm real, I'm here. Instead, God told Samuel of a really awful event that was about to happen to Eli, the high priest. Verse 11 says the following. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. If you're interested in that prophecy, it's in chapter 1 and 2. So Samuel's first encounter of hearing the voice of the Lord and understanding it to be him is accompanied by a crushing, scary message of judgment. But Eli, not for Samuel or about Samuel. However, an uncomfortable message that we can receive from God does not mean untrue or that it can be used for good. We're told following this that the revelation of the voice of the Lord and the contents of his message scare Samuel to the point of not wanting to deliver this prophecy. Verse 15, Samuel lay down until morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me, and may God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing. Then Eli said, he is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. Many times God can speak to us and share a scary message or a bold message, and we can doubt that that is God because it isn't good or it isn't right or perfect. Or we can assume that we're not worthy. Why would God speak to me of all people? I find it quite fascinating that although Samuel has to be told who is speaking to him by Eli, he was trusted with a prophecy from God that Eli's family would come to ruin. And then Samuel is obedient in sharing that when this is his first encounter with God. If, at this point, Samuel is about 12 years old, Eli's being told by a child that him and his family are going to come to ruin. But Eli does not accuse Samuel of making things up or mishearing God, because Eli knows and recognizes the voice of God. When we think we have heard from the Lord for ourselves or someone else, Do we know the nature and character of God well enough to inform our discernment and what is or isn't from him? And are we then willing to be obedient and share what God has told us, even if it's scary, and trust that he is with us when we step out and do that? And do we understand the many ways that God can actually speak to us? We can often say, I've never heard from God, because we view ourselves as the primary figure that God needs to talk to in order for us to know him and know that he has spoken. In the Old Testament, for example, in the book of Jeremiah or Isaiah, we find many examples of prophets where they hear from God, but the message is never for them, it's for Israel. 
but it doesn't stop them sharing it or going, that's not for me, that's not my life, therefore I'm going to ignore it. It takes the acceptance that God speaks in the way he wants and that that isn't limited by the way in which we desire him to talk to us. Think of the time someone has prayed for you or given you a word of knowledge or look at creation and how it causes you to actually reflect on God and how wonderful he is. God can use all of these ways to talk to us, but do we recognize it? And often, just because somebody else is delivering a message to you from God, it doesn't mean that they're the one behind it. You know, it's still God. The voice of God is multifaceted, and it's not limited to our humanity or our desires. Like Samuel, we may miss the voice of God for trying to fit his voice into our framework of what is logical and God-shaped. Eli was a trustworthy voice in Samuel's life. And so, naturally, some of us here, myself included, struggle immensely in trusting our judgment on what we think may be from God or what isn't. Or we think, oh, we've made it up because it's so wild and crazy. For the past six months or so, Um, of my life, I've battled for the very first time quite extreme anxiety and depression. And quite honestly, I've been so mentally and emotionally exhausted that I haven't been able to tell right from wrong, logic from illogical stuff, um, or rationality from irrationality. And then I've overthunk every single time I thought I heard from God and I've put it down to just me wanting comfort from something or me just being silly and listening to the wrong things. I was too scared to trust that God might be talking to me, that I shut off everything and said, no, 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 I'm too scared because Lord, you might talk to me in a way that I don't want or that is scary or is challenging. Like Samuel, I found myself mistaking every authoritative voice I heard for the wrong master. So how did I relearn that discernment? Even when I'd heard it so clearly before at eight years old in an audible voice that I wasn't hearing now. Well, I found myself in Eli. You know, the company you keep affects your ability to discern when God is speaking to you or not. If you surround yourself with people who don't think God can talk or that he doesn't talk through dreams or visions or words of knowledge, you're then limiting the way you think God will speak to you. My Eli was found in the friends and family who know Jesus and who know the Bible well enough who can actually tell me if God is talking to me or not. Where I didn't know a God thought from a non-God thought, I could share it and they would say to me, is that in line with the scripture? Yes. Does that sound like it could be from God? Does it lift you up? Does it build you up? Does it challenge? And for anything that was contrary to that, they could very easily say to me, hey, this might not be God. And in a way that didn't make me feel like I was a bad person or a bad Christian. When it came to learning that process again, I was told these two things. If I am focusing on the way I think God could talk to me, I may be missing, in fact, the way God is talking to me. 
And if I don't trust my conscience, I should trust that the Lord will still speak to me through those around me. My discernment also grew when I accepted these questions. Am I actually humble enough to accept that God may not want to talk to me in the way I desire and that I can trust him still to communicate through anybody else? Am I willing to face the thoughts that he will present himself despite my doubts and irrationality? Are we willing to have the humility to recognize that God will speak however he wants, be it for ourselves or others, or through ourselves for other people, regardless of our desires. Hearing God correctly for myself, he instead showed me his voice in a way that caused me quite a lot of anxiety, which was my dreams. I'm a very, very vivid dreamer. Like, for example, last night, this is gonna sound really, really crazy. I know Star Wars fans will appreciate this. I had a dream that I was the mum of like Anakin's child and it was all mad and crazy and there were lightsabers and stuff and it was really, really mental. Um, and so all of a sudden, I would, about two months ago or so, I was having dreams of really, really specific events about the people around me that, you know, when I woke up, I was thinking, that wasn't a usual vivid, wacky dream. There was something in that and I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, and so at that point, I rang up my Eli's and I said, hey, I think I've had this dream. Um, I think it might be God, but I don't know because I don't trust my judgment. And I spoke it through with them and they confirmed. They said, actually, that does sound like God. But that only happened and I only heard from God in that way because I accepted the fact that God might not talk to me in an immediate comforting way. You know, he, if he wasn't saying to me in my room, hey, I'm here, you know, you're going to be fine. Instead, he was saying, okay, how about this instead? I'm not going to talk to you about your suffering or anything else. I'm going to give you words for other people. I wasn't at the center of the story. While I haven't heard once God say to me, I'm with you in an audible voice like I did when I was eight, I've been shown that he does speak by other means and in ways I had never once before considered, like in dreams. I had to learn through trial and error and sharing with other people that he still is talking. And I had to be brave enough to then step out and share that about what I thought he was saying. It took Eli in Samuel's story to reveal to him that it was God who was talking. And in my life, it took those who knew me best and who knew God well remind me that he was still trying to communicate with me and that I was looking in all the wrong places. Who's the Eli in your life? What I wanted God to speak to me in my own circumstances, he wanted to speak, to speak through me into someone else's and I had to learn to trust him with that. Where I assumed a main character status, God proved to me that he was always at the center 1 Samuel chapter 3 concludes as follows. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So when Samuel shared what God had to say, he grew in that discernment process. And he was rewarded in learning the Lord's voice more. 
Samuel's story proves to us that it does not matter who we are, where we're from, our prior experiences or our background, and no matter how long or short we've been a Christian or not, that it takes trial and error to learn and understand God's voice. And that he can still speak to us and teach us discernment even when the only voice we hear is his for those around us, like Samuel to Eli. Take comfort in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. We're not promised a clear voice as Christians. We're not promised an audible voice of God saying, I'm here, here's X, Y, Z of what I want you to do or say. But we are promised that these messages are powerful. If God is going to tell us great and hidden things that we have not known, are we looking in the wrong places? Are we hyperfixating on scripture or hyperfixating on words of knowledge from other people that we're missing every single other way in which he talks? Now, you and I can be like Eli or Samuel, or maybe both. With Samuel, you know, we don't yet know the voice of the Lord, or we're in the beginning stages of that discernment process. And it will take trial and error of trying to learn God's voice and recognize it from others. And occasionally we might get quite beat up with ourselves and think, I'm no good because I'm not getting it right. That's not true. And maybe there are those of us who are like Eli, who have been on this journey for quite a while and have learned for ourselves how God talks and that he doesn't just stick to one method. As a church community, it is our job to be able to help those around us who do not know their thoughts from the Lord's or anything else's. We need to have ears to hear when the Lord does speak so that we don't miss it. Even if you think you don't know, you can trust that Jesus will guide you. Eli and Samuel at the same time, learning and stepping out in faith. When we're obedient and vulnerable with God, accepting that he will talk in the way he wants, we begin that discernment process. Stepping out and then sharing what we think he has said and accepting it might not always be an easy message to hear or receive, or that we simply may have misheard. When our prayers become Jesus, I want to hear your voice and discern it in the way you want me to, rather than, Lord, tell me something now that I cannot deny as you. We're gradually shown the various methods God uses to speak to us, whether it be from a burning bush and an audible voice, through dreams, scriptures, or other people. The Lord still speaks today. And if we are learning each day what it means in our own lives, we will only grow in that process of knowing Jesus for ourselves. Let the band back up. Um, Let's pray together. Shall we all stand?